Hello, and welcome to the Curious One podcast. My name is Emma Krebs. I created this podcast to be able to have conversations that were lacking through my daily interactions as I always felt the longing to dive deeper. This space is for meaningful conversations that I hope help to broaden my perspectives and maybe even yours as well. Hello, everyone. I'm so excited to share this episode with you. I sat down with Michelle, the owner of Without Co. Without Co. is a zero-waste boutique, physically in-store here in Calgary, Alberta, but it can also be found on her website, withoutco.com. Throughout our conversation, we covered quite a few topics, some of them being what some of the biggest challenges were when she created her business. We also delve into how the global situation of the world has been affecting her business. She also shared with me some lessons she has learned and some changes she hopes to implement within her business for the future. It truly was so great to connect with Michelle. She works very hard, she's very passionate about her business, and she is such a light of an individual. As always, I hope you enjoy this episode. If you have any comments or feedback, please let me know. As well, it would really mean the world if you are able to rate and leave a review on my podcast. May you be inspired, may you be curious, and may you learn more about yourself as we learn about others. Enjoy. To begin, do you want to explain what Without Co. is as a company? Yeah, sure. So Without Co. is a zero-waste lifestyle boutique. We are in person in Calgary on 4th Street in Mission. Um, and we also have an online boutique, which is ever-growing these days. But really, the whole mission behind Without Co. is to make low-waste or zero-waste living more approachable and also a bit more luxurious. <laughs> I'm sure we'll get mm-hmm. into that a little bit more. And I've I've been in your store before. You've never been there because I've gone in, I think, maybe three times now. Are you serious? And I always try- yes. Been. <laughs> and I, I've seen your Instagram, like the, the longer you've been out. I've, I've been in a few times. Anywho, and it's um it was always another girl. That's so and funny. And I wanted you to catch you in person to chat you with you. You and- have come in on Tuesdays because that's when I <laughs> it, it probably will have some help <laughs> was on Tuesdays. <laughs> I know because every time I think the girl I think I went in once and I talked to her and I asked like oh like do you own the shop etc and and I think she said to me it's so crazy you're asking me the one day that she's not here or whatever (laughs) and then um I think I went in again and I think it was her again and I was like okay I don't want to bother her again (laughs) (laughs) but I I will say it's such a beautiful store um and the products that you sell I think are, are are really great products the zero waste in Calgary, I feel like compared to some other cities, it's still kind of up and coming, but totally. Yeah, I think you're doing a really great job. Are you able to share a little bit about your journey into a more sustainable living or zero waste living? Yeah, totally. Um, I think my journey started like quite a while ago when I was a kid. Um, so I'm from Saskatchewan and my grandparents are Saskatchewan, like they were Saskatchewan homesteaders. So my granny, I always tell her she's like the OG zero waster for sure. So it's kind of just in my blood, like to just use what you have, don't overconsume and reuse as much as possible. So that was definitely an underlying theme. And it wasn't like overly pressed upon us growing up. It was just like that's just how they lived. So there wasn't a discussion around waste. That was just sort of how it was done. Um, And then in my household, like as a nuclear family, my dad was all about like, oh, don't be a planet hater, turn off the lights and have short showers and whatever planet hater was like his little buzzword. 
So it kind of was just ingrained in us growing up. Um, And then I moved out and like, it kind of became, uh, you know, like a second thought, it wasn't really how I was living my life. And as I started to kind of grow up and get back to those zero waste principles, um, I started to make some lifestyle choices that were a little bit different. And I found it to be not as compromising as people would think. Like when you say you're living zero waste, people are thinking like epic shifts in quality in in huge compromise. And I just found that, I, I mean, in some ways there is compromise to be made for sure. And there are, to be fair, some poorer quality products in terms of zero waste on the market. So you got to fish through that. But then once you find the gems, like there's no compromise mm-hmm. to be made. And so that's, when I really found my passion in zero waste living, like I'm a total brat about quality. I was like Sephora's number one customer. It was a terrible, (laughs) terrible time in my life. But, but I just really realized like there is no compromise in quality and people need to know that. And I'm, I'm, I want to prove it. So then you said you started making some swaps that were actually a lot simpler than some might think. What were those like first swaps that you were making? shampoo bars I have to say like were really the awakening moment for me and that sounds so silly but they're you know I've tr- I tried a few shampoo bars and I didn't find any that I liked and then I found this one that I absolutely love and I was using a really high quality salon product that I was like paying out the nose for and then when you go to the shampoo bar that lasts like seven months and is giving me the exact same performance I was like, okay, people need to know this. Like, I want to shout this from mountaintops that you can get the salon quality, you can get the professional makeup quality that you're expecting in a zero waste way. It's totally doable. Mm -hmm. Okay, yeah, I want to know what shampoo bar that is because (laughs) I have tried many shampoo bars and it gets to the point. Right? (laughs) Yeah, it's like using a ball of wax almost. Like your hair is almost greasier after I use it at times. Yeah, I just have yeah. to put like a shameless plug out to Unwrapped Life. They're a Calgary-based company, actually. And uh, okay. they are changing the game of zero waste living 100%. Like any new products they put out, I bring into my shop instantly. I love them. Everyone loves them. They're, they're just a huge conversion because I think once somebody takes the risk to make a zero waste swap and it's like, hey, wait a second, this is amazing. They're so much more likely to make those stretches to try different products and realize the same thing. So I think what Unwrapped Life is doing in the zero waste world is amazing. Okay, you, you've you you've won me over. I'm yeah, gonna, they're so I'm going to try them. <laughs> I'm going to try the bar 100%. <laughs> or like even another thing that I, this sounds so petty. I don't any. I don't even want to tell you this, but anywho, I was traveling, and that's how I first decided to actually get a shampoo bar. That was my main reason mm-hmm. was because I was traveling, and it was easier. Yep. Um, and I remember the woman that was selling it to me. She was like, "Oh, you need a container for it." Didn't even think of that. I was like, "Wow, you're a genius!" And then she was talking about the shape of the container in ratio to the shape of the bar, or else the bar will get stuck within the container, like after you use it. Yeah. And I was like, "Oh my gosh, you're a genius!" So I part, I, I like. She gave me the thing to go with it. Anywho, I put in. I got another shampoo bar like a few months later, and I put it in the container, and it got to the point where like I genuinely couldn't get it out the out of the container. So like I couldn't use the bar, and so it was yeah, like a crazy. whole experience. You're like the worst time that you're like you're nude in the shower, like trying to get this thing out, and you're just like on a time crunch. And yeah, yeah I don't know what I, did I signed that up day. for. 
<laughs> yeah, exactly. So I, I'm really sold on this. I'm going to try this other one. <laughs> oh, yeah. So then is that like finding all these amazing products is that what led you into opening up a store like what made you decide to to go all in and do that yeah like like that is kind of what made me pull the trigger I'm like okay I have all of these products that are so amazing that I've been using personally for a couple of years and I just want to provide a platform where people don't have to do the trial and error that I had to do like that's a waste of money a waste of time and like not great sustainability wise if you're just trying something and realizing it's not for you and then throwing it out so I just thought like I have this curated collection that I love that anyone I've recommended the products to have loved like I want a platform for that Um, but then also professionally I had been working with entrepreneurs um, for years so I knew I eventually wanted to be an entrepreneur. I have a lot of hustle in me I, and I really do like to work really hard. Um, so I knew eventually I wanted to work really hard for myself. Um, mm-hmm. And yeah, so it was just kind of like the perfect one too. like, okay, I have all of these zero waste products that I absolutely love and want to showcase. And I do want to be an entrepreneur and have been saving up for just like the right kind of business that really drives me. Uh, yeah, so then with Elko was born. Was it, I, I have no idea, but was it online first and then did you get no. a physical store or was it at the same time? <laughs> I literally, I mean, okay, so I'm a business major, finance major to be specific. And so like I went against everything that they teach you, everything <laughs> that you should do. And I just went like full on brick and mortar instantly. But why I did that was because my, my, in my professional career, I was working a ton of hours. So there was like 80 hours a week. So there was no way of doing both. Um, and I didn't really want to, you know, I didn't want to have my foot out the door at my professional job either. Cause that's not really what I'm about. So it was, you know, I had to make the decision, like, am I going to go whole hog at this or am I going to not? Because I didn't have the time to do both. So I just pulled the pin, opened the store oh, <laughs> and went from wow. there. Wow. That's yeah. great. And <laughs> yeah, what, was, what an was it? Can I ask what you were doing before? So I was a commercial lender with a major bank in the city. Um, I'd been with them like right out of school, even before I had graduated, I did a co-op placement with the commercial bank. Um, so yeah, I had been there seven years and I actually like, this isn't a story where I was on like the hamster wheel. Like I actually really liked my corporate job. I found it fairly fulfilling, but, but I did really know that I wanted to work for myself at one point and right now we're mortgageless and kidless uh, me and my husband so I thought now is kind of a great time that the risks mm-hmm. we can rebound from mm-hmm. and yeah. if not you'll always wonder right like yeah well that's now. exactly it like I don't want to live with regrets and I just thought like what the heck we're gonna go for this and if it doesn't work out you know I'll just refresh the resume and get back in the game yeah. <laughs> And I'm sure you have a strong resume. Okay, don't – please ignore my ignorance, but I, can can you explain what that job was? I didn't understand. Yeah, what, no. I, I oh, my gosh. That. Literally, my parents – like, I did this job for seven years, and I swear they thought I was a bank teller. Nothing against <laughs> bank tellers. That's just what I wasn't doing. Um, so commercial lending is – lending to businesses. I lent to medium and large businesses like auto dealerships, manufacturing, things like that. So lots of inventory financing, mortgages, that kind of thing. Lots of zeros. Like I got immune to anything. Like (laughs) now that I think about it as a business owner, I'm like, oh my gosh, I get why my clients, because I was lending like millions 
And so I get the anxiety that came from them now, whereas as a banker, I was like, what the heck? Like, who cares? It's six million bucks. You make a bunch. It's going to be fine. But now on the other side of it, I'm like, (laughs) I really understand those conversations more. It's a lot to take on. Truly, I can't even comprehend that. Yeah. (laughs) It's like, oh, it's just numbers on the screen to me. But Yeah, exactly. That's what it became. But not anymore. (laughs) Okay. So wait, were you working in Calgary at that corporate job? Yes. Yeah. So I started corporately, I started in Saskatchewan. I did a few different stints in different places of Sask and then they moved me to Calgary and I did a year Mm -hmm. in the job um, and then quit and opened the shop within a week. Wow. Oh my God. That is insane. (laughs) That was just like the way the lease kind of like shook out. So, so I mean, we didn't, we weren't like open to the public, but I, yeah, Yeah, I quit my job a week later. Um, we had our soft launch. (laughs) Oh my gosh. Even just like emotionally, that amount of change would, that would, that would be a lot to process on top of like just the, the stress and everything of building a new job or sorry. Yeah. It was, it was stressful, but it was also, it was really fun. Like last summer was Mm -hmm. a lot of fun getting the business off the ground and doing the grand opening and things like that. It was stress, but it's a totally different feeling when you're working for yourself. Um, So it was definitely a welcomed stress and like, yeah, lots of endorphins. It was a good summer. I would just be curious. Are you able to speak to what you think the zero waste community or more sustainable living community is like in Calgary? Like your perspective on it. I get asked this a lot and I never know exactly what to say because, you know, it's similar to like when you're on Instagram, how the algorithm basically like feeds you what you want to see because they mm-hmm. so that's like it's similar like I live in this little sustainability bubble in an oil and gas town because the people that seek out my shop and become my customers are sustainably minded for sure but what I have to say to Calgary in general is I think the openness to learn and to just like discuss and to investigate and you know get a little bit curious about the lifestyle of being zero waste is definitely there like yes we're still mm-hmm. an oil and gas town and I think I, I know in previous episodes you had chatted that you live in Australia. Well, they're like, you know, they, they're really good I at zero you. waste. <laughs> so, <laughs> so we're not like that. But I think for an oil and gas town, we're doing pretty good, I have to say. Yeah, I agree. Like, I'm, I've been pleasantly surprised moving back the changes that have happened even just within like two years and such. And honestly, maybe my eyes weren't open to see it um, prior, but positively surprised by Calgary. And not even just in the, in the zero waste movement, but I feel like they're quite open to a lot of things like the LGBTQ2S plus community or, um, wow, the eyes at my only, my only, I don't know. They're just, they're open to a lot of things. I think, um, I think so too. Yeah. I think like the curiosity is, is totally there and that's the starting place Mm -hmm. for it all thousand percent thousand percent so then when you first opened your business you said did you say august you opened it well yeah yeah sort of like we had our grand opening beginning of september so that's kind of where i start counting okay so it's not even a year old no yeah like literally on our six month anniversary covid19 was declared a pandemic (laughs) like it was great because I was going to ask then, like, what were some of the biggest challenges like that you faced when you first started your business? But I mean, you're yeah, not like only I- just in that process, but is there is there any maybe not not related to COVID, maybe just getting it off the ground that you're able to like speak to? I when I get asked this question, I always say, like, I don't think our biggest challenge is, has happened yet, because 
mm-hmm. to be honest, it's been a pretty smooth ride. I mean, market share and customer acquisition and things, that's always like the the main challenge for sure. Um, and I think us like going in completely cold turkey without any sort of like grand opening hype or anything like that, mm-hmm. that, that was a challenge. Uh, but I think mm-hmm. our biggest challenges are sort of yet to come. I envision them in a growth phase or like when we're trying to pivot to kind of niche down a little bit. Because as of right now, it's been pretty straightforward. And that has a lot to do with um, all of the products that I have in my shop I've been using for a long time. So the product knowledge was already there. I think like that builds customer trust pretty quickly. So it's been fairly smooth. There's been a few bumps, like inventory management is still sort of a pain. But um, Mm -hmm. in general, it's been smooth sailing, even despite the COVID pandemic. Yes, which, so which I want to speak about in a bit. Yeah. So then do you do you have like a vision of, of, I'm sure you do, the direction that you want it to go? Would you want to start, is there a line of product or a type of product that you hope that you could be able to provide in the future even like food if that's a thing or yeah I was I we're thinking about doing I say we it's just me but I guess we just like sounds I don't know more professional maybe you and the you in the store it's like your baby yeah yeah exactly yeah so we were going to be doing some bulk food like right before COVID came to Canada um, so I'm glad I didn't pull the trigger on that but I do envision us going yeah. into some bulk food um with like hopefully by the fall uh, yeah, I'm hoping to like focus more on Alberta grown grains, pulses, that kind of stuff. So bulk food is definitely in the future. Um, what COVID has kind of taught me is um, the product reach of Withoutco is definitely Calgary wide, whereas having like my brick and mortar store in Mission, so in central Calgary, did eliminate some customers which now that I'm doing deliveries instead of being at the storefront we're getting those customers so I think in the future Mm -hmm. there's going to have to be a bit of a hybrid where we're a mobile refillery and we're a brick and mortar refillery just to kind of capture the full Calgary market because Calgary I mean it's not super big but I having driven around it for the past two months like it is a bit of an issue to get those North customers to come in or the South customers to come in. So I think we're going to have to try to bridge the two business models once COVID is done and we can reopen. That was going to be one of my questions, like lessons that you've learned since this COVID outbreak that you're going to take going forward. That'd be cool. If you had like a, like a, a van that just went around and filled yeah a well, that's kind van. of what I have right now in my SUV so I definitely need to like decal it up and make her look like <laughs> a mobile refillery that she is but uh yeah like that's definitely a lesson like there is demand for this product in the suburbs there are no refilleries in the suburbs and I'm willing to go there so I just need to I can't be in two places at once so I'm gonna have to figure all of that out but what COVID has taught me is that like suburban houses want refillable goods for sure mm-hmm. so I just need to get them to them somehow yeah that's interesting yeah that, that's like, gonna be fun <laughs> that, that, but I'm sure that's such a huge a huge thing to discover because that's that's a huge clientele yeah it really is like I just wrote a blog post about this but our um my revenue is up 30 percent like wow. given normal times to COVID times. Well, and a lot of that is because like people are going through hand soap at such a clip. They're also True. washing dishes like crazy. 
So yeah. there's a higher demand right now. Um, but I think also just now customers know, like I can come to them and you can get this refilled service done at your doorstep. And people are like, yeah, sure. I'm all about it. So it has mm-hmm. been super inspiring and Calgarians, what I'm noticing through this COVID pandemic is they are very conscious of spending their dollars locally, which is a lesson that I hope we all just like carry through COVID post COVID times. That's a lesson that we still kind of um, rely on because that has proven to be really good for us local biz. Beneficial. Yeah, yeah. Totally. Well, and everyone, even just the community, etc. Yeah. I have, before we get into the COVID thing, I just want to ask one kind of random question but before we get too far off the topic when you bring in food I don't know why I keep asking people this odd question but I'm I'm super into nutrition and such but when you start carrying food into your store do you have to go through any like regulation or anything like that or is that more the company that's actually selling the food so well they have to go through their whole set of regulations for me there's yeah, it's a yes and no answer. Um, if I'm selling refrigerated goods, especially, then there will be a whole different set of protocol than if I'm just selling bulk dried goods. Um, so it's going to be a bit of a balancing act. Like I don't think we'll end shelf life of inventory that spoils and things like that too. So I think we would just focus on the dried goods. And regulation wise, it's definitely a lot lighter in dried goods because mm-hmm. there's less risks involved. Oh, that's so interesting because that is true. And even the big zero waste stores, I find like in other country or like I can speak to Australia, they would either have no refrigerator section or they'd have like a tiny, tiny refrigerator section. And I always couldn't necessarily figure out why beyond just having to have a refrigerator in your store. But mm-hmm. that's interesting. Yeah. It's like a whole different level of scrutiny and you have to like write down temperature checks X amount of times per day oh, for the food inspectors and all that stuff. So, so I don't think we'd go there like anytime Mm -hmm. soon I don't envision that until like year three although there's this fantastic nut milk company out of BC that I would love to carry their goods so if they get to Calgary I'm getting a refrigerator (laughs) (laughs) okay then then on to the COVID the elephant in the room yes we're recording this episode on May 4th of 2020 so like in the pandemic Mm -hmm. can I ask to begin besides maybe the obvious that customers can't come into your store how has COVID affected your business? You've spoken to it a bit, but if you want to yeah, talk about anything else. Well, at first, so when COVID was in Canada, but nothing was shut down, it was miserably, desperately slow <laughs> for like that mm-hmm. two week. I think people were just kind of like hanging tight and there was a lot of uncertainty in the market. Um, the stock market was literally crashing. So that those two weeks were really, really quite bad, to be honest. But um, yeah, then once we pivoted to do the same day delivery in Calgary and doorstep deliveries of personal care and cleaning products, that really boosted things up. And yeah, now we're, you know, having actually record sales right now. I mean, record is a silly word, because I've only been in business for six months. But uh, in comparison, we're doing really well. Uh, Yeah, so like COVID has been um, kind to me. I'm working way harder for every dollar instead of having a customer come in, fill up their own products. I, you know, I invoice them, they pay, they go on their way. Now I'm filling up their products. I'm packaging their products. I'm dropping it off at their doorstep. So there's that, like, I've never worked so hard in my life for sure, but I'm so willing to do it because the work is there and is keeping us afloat. And we're just going through a ton of alcohol to keep things safe. And yeah, business is good. 
You don't mean like ingestible alcohol. Oh, well, I do actually. Yeah. I mean both. <laughs> but oh. no, I mean 99% alcohol is what I use to sanitize. Like, as I pack orders, I sanitize everything. And then if I'm filling at their door, I sanitize everything. But yeah, alcohol, like on both fronts, we're going through it at pretty good rate. <laughs> so can you explain to people what it is that you're doing like the the whole same day delivery so are they able to fill up from their home as well like are you bringing yes. the products to their home yeah yeah so we kind of have a two-pronged business situation going on these days where they can shop a regular online catalog that has tons of reusable home kitchen bathroom lifestyle products on there so they can shop our regular catalog and get those delivered to their doorstep same day for free or or maybe like a combination of the two happens quite frequently, or they can order from a refill form, which basically says, okay, without co, I need you to fill up my glass cleaner, my shampoo, my dish soap, and some stainless steel cleaner while you're at it. So they just check the boxes of what they need filled. They put their bottles out on their doorstep. I show up that day, I fill them up, I sanitize them, and then I just send them an invoice. Mm, That's great. That does sound like a lot of work though, I'll be honest. It is, and I'm getting like pretty good arm strength from carrying <laughs> these. Like, four, some of them are four liters, some of them are 10 liter jugs. So, oh yeah, gosh. I just lug all of my stuff to the doorstep, <laughs> fill everything up, and go about my day. But it is a really good way of people maybe not eliminating a trip to the store because they're probably getting food while they're out, but it does cut down like the, the havoc that happens in the aisles when you're trying to grab a cleaning product or whatever. And there's just people everywhere. So I think that's a huge benefit right now is to just cut down the grocery store time. You would also probably get really efficient at filling the bottles. Like, I don't know what kind, what kind of filling situation you have, but I remember I I worked at a zero waste store for a little yes. bit yeah, before so I came cool. back and but filling up some bottles like if they had just a tiny little spout oh it would be it would be a puzzle and you got to figure it out <laughs> yeah it's there's an art to it for sure yeah, and I've officially mastered it <laughs> I, I could imagine so <laughs> so now as we go forward and hopefully come out of this COVID self-isolation quarantine and things hopefully we'll get back to normal soon. I know you spoke about branching out to this, like the more suburban communities. Is there any other things that you've kind of during this time been able to step back and and see some opportunities that you like for change going forward? I guess. uh, So aside from like hitting sort of a larger reach within Calgary, another thing that kind of came to the surface is our online catalog before COVID was pretty lean. Like it was just, um, quite a bit of skincare and more ship more things that I thought would ship easily. Um, but then throughout all of this, we we have tripled our online catalog size and things are shipping totally fine. The glass bottles aren't getting destroyed and things like that. So that's been a learning lesson for me for sure. I thought like shipping a bottle of hand soap in an amber glass bottle to somewhere in Ontario would be like just a disaster waiting to happen. But everything has been totally fine. So I think that's a learning lesson for us as well, that we'll just keep our online catalog rocking the way it is. And yeah, so our product offering is pretty big now. And I would love to eventually become like the one-stop shop for sustainable goods across the country. So mm-hmm. hopefully that's, that's somewhere in the future. That's great that you're going all the way to Ontario though. That's insane. 
Well, we get, I have to say, like for my online orders, up until COVID, it was a lot of smaller urban centers that don't have their own refillery. Like, so in Alberta, Red Deer is a place that we ship to a ton because they just don't have a similar local business. Whereas like the bigger centers across the country all have refilleries. So they haven't been our largest um, opportunity. It's more, yeah, smaller Mm -hmm. urban markets like Sarnia and things like that. But yeah, our goods are going everywhere. I sent a package to the Northwest Territories yesterday. What? That's sick though. That's so good. Way up there. Yeah, I know. Well, how do you think? Happy. And I don't know if this is like not too personal or just like if you don't want to share. But how oh, do you fine. think your main source of what's the word? Like, how are people discovering without co? Is it through your Instagram or your social media? Yeah, our Instagram definitely drives a lot of our traffic. Pinterest mm-hmm. actually is a new platform that I'm just like experimenting with, and it is a huge traffic driver but I'm not sure it converts. It's more people just on the website reading the blogs and then leaving, whereas our Instagram traffic converts really well. Um, Mm -hmm. And then Google too. We did spend quite a bit of time on like search engine optimization stuff Uh, within the website. So Google is, uh, has Mm -hmm. been good for hits as well. But even someone just, even if they only see your blog and leave, I think that's great. Like as someone who's a consumer, not necessarily on physical goods, I just mean a consumer on anything, even if it's just like visual content or knowledge yeah I'm more likely to support someone after I've if I check their blog regularly and I really enjoy what they're putting out there and then maybe in like two months or something after I've read a few things about them or learned more about them their brand etc then I'm more willing to support it you know what I mean yeah totally I think I mean I blog for a lot of reasons one because it's super fun I absolutely love blogging um, but yeah, it's it's a good way of being able to serve the customer base without asking anything back. So yeah. I think that's a really nice way of relating to the community, um, supporting the community without being um, sort of like a sell, sell, sell type environment. So I mean, yeah, any traffic to the website is great traffic. And if people are reading my blogs, I'm happy because I really just write them for my sake. <laughs> <laughs> I got to say, like, your your social media and your your website and stuff like you've done really good job it it looks really aesthetically pleasing and there's like a lot of really great content and just the more that I I create a podcast you have to create a website with it etc and I know I'm like nowhere near what you're doing but I just understand even more how much effort that entails and how good you have to be at it to make it look as beautiful as like your content that you're putting out there so oh my gosh whatever you're doing it's great we have a a lot like I've got a long ways to go on that I shoot all of my content off my phone like there's there's epic strides to be made but what I it's it's super fun and I think if you're like designing with your true taste or your true vision in mind it all becomes very cohesive like completely naturally Mm -hmm. So that's mm-hmm. nice. When you're a one woman operation, I'm sure you can relate to this. It's like your vision is what people see. And when it's just yours, yeah. it doesn't get cloudy. It doesn't get mixed up. It's, it becomes pretty clear. Yeah. Well, I want to ask because you're the the queen of this knowledge. What would be your, this is probably a question you get quite often though, but I just got to ask it. What would be some tips or Yeah, what would be some tips that you would give someone that's just starting out on their zero waste journey or are just looking to um, live more sustainably? 
Okay. I do get asked this one a lot and I love talking about it. So I'm happy you asked. I think counterintuitively to what I do for a living, my first tip with people looking to sort of transition to low waste or zero waste or just a more mindful way of living is to use up what you have. I think in the world of Instagram, where you think you're transitioning to zero waste, you got to put everything in the bin, start fresh. And that's just, that is so not what it's about. So the number one tip I can give is like literally use what you have. And lots of people that are trying to live low waste or zero waste, they'll ignore that like stash of Sephora samples under your sink or whatever. Whatever you have in your house that you're not using is it's garbage, it's waste. So you got to use it up and repurpose it or bin it. But step one is to just use what you have. Um, Another thing that I like to reinforce is like zero waste is not a reality. It's, it's a buzzword. It's really good on the search engine optimization charts, which is why we all use it. But in reality, low waste is the, that's the only way there's always going to be waste. So I think it's be kind to yourself. And if you're even thinking about your waste output, your strides of he- ahead of lots of other people. So be mindful that zero isn't the goal or even the possibility. It's just to cut down and the best way to do that is to reuse. So those are kind of my tips. Reuse, be nice. Mm-hmm. And I can't remember the first one. Oh, and use yeah. what you have. I just recorded another podcast episode with this girl that I've connected with through social media and she happens to have a podcast herself. That's how we connected. And hers is all about, it's called Wanna Be Greener and it's about living more mm-hmm. intentionally, essentially living more sustainably. And the episodes that she has been putting out, I just find so interesting. Her, the perspective she's taking on the zero waste movement. She did one on like the i the concept of this this term, like you said, that we use of zero waste, and they were just speaking about how the whole all your garbage fits in one jar and and just kind of these these things that we see on social media that aesthetically pleasing mason jars that are all synchronized and labeled in their zero waste kitchen like that's not reality if you're no. if you're really <laughs> trying to live sustainably that's usually not the case and as someone especially if you're just beginning on your journey it's so intimidating seeing seeing like all the jar in one or all the waste in one jar because even that person like, I, I just wonder I'm like are they even doing that like is that legit I'm not putting them down yeah. it's great what they're doing but it's just it's not realistic for 99% of the world right yeah so. I think I yeah I think it's not I can tell you for certain that my waste does not fit in a jar nor does my pantry all have labeled matching jars it's more like oh that's an old olive jar from two years ago and that's a pasta sauce jar from a year like it's very makeshift but it really zero waste living is about using what you have and like reuse as much as possible I have Ziploc bags in this house we haven't bought Ziploc bags in years but I still have some because you just wash them and reuse them and that's the best way of going low waste for sure Social media, anyway, I won't get into that. That's a whole thing. Exactly. Social media affects me for sure. And I'm struggling with to find the balance of being present on it and staying connected, but also not letting it affect me, right? And it's true. It, you got it. You can't let it rock your world. I just saw a post on Instagram yesterday where it was a zero waste blogger and she was basically saying, Don't buy paper towel anymore, just cut up your old jeans and use those 
And I'm like, that is not, I, to me, I don't think that is a super realistic leap. Like for me, it needs to be a baby step. Like, okay, maybe don't buy paper towels anymore. Use Swedish sponge cloths. Then eventually you graduate to like unpaper towel, which is paper towel that you wash and reuse forever. You don't need to go from paper towel to using jeans to clean things. Oh, would that even clean anything? <laughs> That's what I'm thinking. Yeah, I don't think it would work. <laughs> Does denim absorb anything? I didn't think yeah, so. No, no way. Eco anxiety. Have you ever heard of that? I had never even heard yes, of it until. And I suffer from it hugely. It. Really? Yeah, okay, okay. Can we go into this then? Well, I just well, how think. How would you define? Oh, it, it's tricky. Like defining eco anxiety is a tricky thing because yeah. I, I think it's different for a lot of people. I also think it's from a huge point of privilege that you even have enough brain space mm. to have eco anxiety. So I think that needs to be at the forefront. Mm-hmm. Like, you are clearly privileged. You're not worrying about paying your bills, feeding your family, anything like that. So, but yeah. yeah, like, so saying all of that for me, eco-anxiety is, I mean, like my life right now is trying to better the planet, like for the people and the planet is what we are all about. So I just sometimes feel like I'm not doing enough, especially in the age of COVID when you can't bring your bags to the store and I can't get coffee in my own mug and things like that. So I just feel like the clock's ticking and I'm not doing enough. So that starts it. But then when you think about like the societal systematic shift that we really need to get towards, it's just, yeah, it's just, it's, it's stressful for sure. And it's it's a lot lot to take on. Um, but yeah, again, it's from a point of privilege that I can even like contemplate taking all that on. Uh I like that. That is a really good point to make though, to start it out the point of privilege, but, and and then our, and then we turn on our phones and then it's just news and again, social media and everything. So that, that doesn't help with it. Yeah. I follow this. I follow this a couple of accounts because I was like, okay, Michelle, you got to change something here. It can't just be like bad news all the time there. And I don't (laughs) know what their handles are off the top of my head, but basically it's all about like good environmental facts and especially right now there's been you know there's there's swans in venice and there's all of these like really good environmental things happening despite everything bad that's happening to humanity so i did make a mindful decision to like bring in some good news environmental content into my feed and that helps a lot okay well if you have listened to previous episodes, then you might know that I have a lightning round. I dun, dun, do dun. know that. <laughs> <laughs> so it's the same three questions I ask every guest, and it's lightning fast. So you have to yeah. say it. <laughs> but you don't. You can unbox it, as I always say. Okay, well then, the first question of the lightning round is, how do you define success? Impact. Positive impact on people and planet. Ooh. I haven't had that yet. I like that. (laughs) That is really good. Okay. Second question. If you were to be given $10 million tomorrow, what would you do with it? Okay. I remember this one and I was excited about it because I think it's such a cool question and I'm not a dreamer at all, but I mean, there's a few things I would do with it, but like off the top of my head, combining finance and sustainability, I would start a venture capital firm that focuses on supporting women ran sustainability businesses in Canada. Whoop whoop. That is good. You have good <laughs> answers. Okay. Okay. No pressure on the last one. Um, yeah. <laughs> what is one thing you're grateful for today? 
Oh, I think that's an easy one in amidst everything we're going through because today and every day for the past couple months, I'm thankful for my health and my family's health. It's mentally as easy and as physically. Yeah, 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 totally. I mean, mentally, like there's some question marks for sure. My husband yes, and I are yeah. both working like 12 hours a day, <laughs> seven days a week, but physically we're healthy. Does he work, like, do you guys work together or does he have his own like separate job and he helps you? He has his own shtick. He is a kindergarten teacher um, for a really cool organization in the city. They're also super zero waste, very nature connected. So it's like really well aligned to what we're doing. Um, But so yeah, he's a kindergarten teacher. He got laid off, obviously, amidst all of this. So right now he is an Uber Eats driver. (laughs) Ah, I've considered, I don't have a car, but I always have thought that there's money there. At first, like, okay, it, it is, like, not great money. But now, like, the delivery apps are doing some things to incentivize couriers, like the drivers, to do it because they're, the, the demand is so high right now. So so right now it's working out to be okay. My husband takes mm-hmm. care of our personal financial lives. So thank goodness for Uber Eats and the mm-hmm. gig economy in general. But, yeah, he's busy yeah. and it's below minimum wage for sure. <laughs> but it's something (laughs) yeah and he gets to pick his own hours that's so like it sounds like such a good team though with you guys yeah no he is super supportive I think he had no clue like I grew up my mom was an entrepreneur when I was a kid so I kind of saw the way that like when one spouse is an entrepreneur the whole family is really involved um so Zane maybe didn't know that that's (laughs) what he was getting into as much but he is a huge (laughs) help Mostly, like, in keeping yeah. things down, like, on the down low at home, like, keeping the household stocked with things. But, um, mm-hmm. yeah, I mean, he's my mailman, my courier, all sorts of things. It definitely takes a team, That's and we so don't have any family team. here, so it's just the two of us. Yeah. <laughs> I need to have a shout-out because, yeah, he's definitely, like, unseen on the feed, mostly. Um, but, yeah, I used to always say, like, he is good for the people. And I was, like, this, like, corporate banker, whatever, like, hustling rat race kind of gal. But now I yeah. feel like we're both doing good it's things. Cool. Yeah, 100%. <laughs> Still good. The dream team. Okay. And then before we wrap up, if people want to contact you or find your find your store, where can where can you be reached? So our main platform is Instagram. We're on Facebook, but I'm literally never on there. So don't go to Facebook. Um, our Instagram handle is without co YYC. Um, that's where I'm literally plugged in every waking minute of every day. So that's the easiest way to get a hold of me. Um, we also have our website with our online catalog, our refill form, and all my blogs. are, And that's at withoutco.com. And you have, not during COVID, you have a physical store and that's located... Yes, we are at 2115 4th Street Southwest. So we're in Mission. And my store, we're shut down right now, but we are actually still doing like curbside pickups and stuff at the shop five mm-hmm. days a week too. And it's right behind the the One Cycle. Like it's in the same building, it is, right? It's yes. called, called One Cycle. Yeah, yeah, tucked just behind there. Thank goodness for One Cycle. Everybody knows them. I'm like, yeah, just go to One Cycle and drive <laughs> through the parking lot. <laughs> then you're there. Well, it's been such a pleasure to talk to you and to gain your your perspective and and um, to hear your thoughts on on a lot of things. So thank you so much for your time, Michelle. Well, thanks so much for reaching out and for having me on. I love the content that you're creating. So keep at it. Thank you. 
I want to say a huge thank you to Michelle for sitting down and taking the time to record with me. After we recorded this episode, I actually went over to her store to meet her. Don't worry, it was from a distance. And I can honestly say she's just as lovely in person as she was on the podcast. All of Michelle's information and links will be within the show notes. So please go and check her out and support her business. Considering how Michelle was able to pivot with her business during this uncertain time, I thought this quote by Darwin would be pretty applicable for this episode. It is not the strongest of species, nor the most intelligent that survives. It is the one that is most adapted to change. As always, thank you so much for listening, and I hope to meet you back here again. If you would like to further this conversation and get in touch, visit my Instagram at the Curious One Podcast. For more information, resources, and show notes, please head to thecuriousonepodcast.com. Thank you so much for listening. Until next time, be well.